You're listening to the Shoeless Podcast, where we talk candidly about married life and parenting within the domestic church in the light of Carmelite spirituality and the Catholic faith. We're your hosts, Donald and Megan Wallenfang, and we invite you into today's conversation of living Catholic with abandon. Welcome everyone to this episode of the Shoeless Podcast. We are your hosts, Donald and Megan Wallenfang, and what a delight it is for us to take up the incredible topic of marriage as a call from God. In this episode, we want to ask simply, why marriage? What is the ultimate purpose of marriage? And why would God create such a relationship between one man and one woman and make it a sacrament? This is a great question, Megan. And I guess we like to start off small and work our way bigger. No, actually, this is a huge question. Why marriage? Why would God create marriage? And this is something I think we're able to talk about because we are married. Mm -hmm. And we felt a call from God to become married back in the late 1990s. Mm -hmm. And here we are over 22 years later, Mm -hmm. by God's grace. And it's something that we would just love to talk about Mm -hmm. on a podcast. And this is just the beginning. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts? And we love being married. Um... I have lots of thoughts, and my first thought as I think about this, though, is actually the opposite question that I think we have to think about, too, in conversation with why marriage is why not marriage. The question of why marriage actually is a question that a lot of people ask because they don't want to be married. Mm -hmm. And I want to wonder what it is that they are afraid of. What are their fears? What has happened in their past? What do they think might happen in the future? Is it commitment? Is it abandonment? Is it abuse? Is it loss of identity? Loss of independence? I think there's a lot of fears. Do you have other fears that you think of that would cause people to think, I'm not going to get married? Yeah, I think, you know, the culture in which we live I think people strive for security Mm -hmm. and want to get established, so to speak, and make money and get certain things in place before they might think about pursuing an actual marriage relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think on top of that, the question has gotten so confused since the sexual revolution of the Mm -hmm. 1960s and the proliferation Mm -hmm. of contraception as normative in relationships before marriage in marriage and so if marriage is not about becoming mother and father if that's one of like the key purposes and points of it then it's like why enter this lifelong committed relationship if you can have a series of relationships if it's just you're seeking some temporary companionship or go on a trip here or there Mm -hmm. or you know have some fun with someone for a while as long as it's going well Mm -hmm. 
and it's it's almost relationships becoming more recreational mm -hmm. uh, and just part of the mix of someone's life that mm -hmm. orbits around the ego in any case. Mm -hmm. Whereas it seems actual marriage is about a disorientation of the ego fixated on itself. Mm -hmm. It's a disruption mm -hmm. of the ego. It's saying you are not Lord even of your own life, let alone of the universe. Mm -hmm. And that the call of the other guides you to the very meaning of your existence. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people do have fears, reservations. Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. not convinced. Right. And I mean, I see even that there are people who are committed and faithful in unmarried relationships. And there's even children involved where a couple is together maybe even their whole life. I know that this happens. I know of people where they're committed their whole life, very faithful, children involved, and yet there's not marriage. And so I wonder what it is that stops people from marriage. And I'm hoping that we can maybe understand this more and apply this to our marriage as well, to think about what is it that could make our marriage even better and thinking about what are these fears that other people have, whether they're long-term relationships or very faithful relationships, but what is it that we want to have in our marriage that is strong and good? For sure. I mean, a biblical text that I just love, there's so many that speak of marriage, but one that always has spoken to me, Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, beginning in verse 9. And there we read, two are better than one. They get a good wage for their toil. If the one falls, the other will help the fallen one. But woe to the solitary person. If that one should fall, there is no other to help. So also, if two sleep together, they keep each other warm. How can one alone keep warm? Where one alone may be overcome, two together can resist. A three-ply cord is not easily broken. In this last sentence, I'm looking at the, the footnote here, a three-ply cord is an ancient proverb known centuries even before biblical times, and that it seems to imply if two are good, three are even better. And we wonder who's even the third party mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. if this is being applied to marriage, and we would say it's God. Mm -hmm. It's the woman, the man, and God mm -hmm. in this sacramental unity, the sacramental bond, this covenant relationship. Mm -hmm. That's the meaning of marriage. Marriage has a permanent signification versus just cohabiting with someone. Mm -hmm. There's no there's no covenantal signification. Mm -hmm. There hasn't been made. There's no oath. There's no vow. There's no witnesses. It's like, just decide to live together. Mm -hmm. That's something quite different than making the oath, making the vow, and living by it, living accountable to that vow, that oath, that public oath in front of witnesses made in Christ and mm -hmm. his church. Yeah, I, I like, um, I'm just wanting to pause on the idea of the witnesses at the wedding and how powerful it would be if we as witnesses at a wedding actually remained witnesses throughout the life of the people who were married. I know for weddings that we've been in, I love to stay in contact with the people, the friends that were married and encourage them in their, their marriage. And I think that's really important. And I, I wish that we could have a document that everybody at the wedding signs to say, 
I will be faithful to supporting this couple because sometimes after the wedding, the support goes away, which I think is another reason why people are afraid to get married. They don't have support Mm -hmm. to encourage them. Their own family systems may be very broken. So there's not the support. I just wonder what if as witnesses to a marriage, we can promise to always be there to support and to call on the married couple to continue striving for a beautiful marriage. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think it's so true. I totally agree. The strength of the support of the witnesses of the marriage. And yet today in our culture, we have this strange phenomenon where people will not come to the wedding ceremony where the vows are made publicly mm-hmm. and the prayers mm-hmm. and and, and the liturgy, mm-hmm. but instead they'll just show up for the reception. Mm-hmm. I don't get this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't get this phenomenon. And it's I, I only recognized it the past few years, uh-huh. really, I started to hear about mm-hmm. it. And then I was at weddings where this was happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what's going on? And so, like, they're, the people are not We're, even witnessing yeah. to the actual yeah. liturgical. And forgetting what's the most important part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it seems very flimsy at that point. Uh, and what else is just very interesting about marriage and the history of marriage and, and Christianity on the whole, moving through the Protestant Reformation, is there's this evolution of a very individualistic approach to it, as if marriage is the decision between this one man and one woman, apart from extended family, apart from anyone else, is something they just want to do together as if even the purest form of that would be like elopement or something like they go off to Las Vegas or wherever and they they just do their thing they get mm-hmm. married because they want to do it and it, as if the witnesses don't matter the church doesn't matter the theology of it doesn't matter as if it's just about this will to power the self-determination mm-hmm. of an individual in relation to another individual the problem with that kind of we could at least say philosophy of marriage is at the same time it's up to the individual to call it off mm-hmm. even after mm-hmm. begun mm-hmm. As, yeah. yeah so so are you saying then that that marriage is really like something that influences the world like one single marriage influences the world is what you're saying definitely I mean, we would say, as Pope St. John Paul II put it, the family is the fundamental and living cell of society. Mm-hmm. And the foundation of the family mm-hmm. is marriage between one man and one woman, mm-hmm. who themselves come from families mm-hmm. already, no mm-hmm. matter how broken or fragmented. Mm-hmm. The truth is that no man is an island. Mm-hmm. To quote, I think the poet is John Donne, mm-hmm. no man is an island. But we are created for communion. And John Paul II also teaches about this in his theology of the body. We are called to become a communion of persons. Mm -hmm. Marriage itself is the very fabric of this. The the sinews, the bond of the social fabric. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if it's left up to the mere arbitration of individuals to approach it in a purely autonomous, legalistic, civil fashion, make Mm -hmm. it, break it, make Mm -hmm. it, break it. The meaning itself tends toward nihilism, like it really doesn't have any meaning after all. And I think that's part of the reason 
especially we see with, with younger adults, they don't even go to the, the ceremony, the wedding ceremony or the liturgy. Mm-hmm. They just show up to reception because it's lost all its, all the meaning mm-hmm. for, for people, mm-hmm. which is a sad phenomenon. Mm-hmm. But I think in this short time that we're talking about this, it's helpful for us to come back to... How to, how to restore the meaning. Yeah. What is the meaning? Right. Yeah. So what would you say for yourself being a married woman and mother over 22 years? What does marriage mean to you? And and even in a sense, why remain married? Why witness to marriage mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. today? Yeah. So thinking about the reality of that there are these challenges, um, you know, I think sometimes we can think that marriage happens because we were we fell in love we were really excited we didn't we didn't want to be apart anymore and those things are all true i think for you and i we were very prayerful and discerned that god was calling us to marriage no matter what came in the future even if it wasn't always happy or we you know as our vows said even if it was richer for poor sickness and in health we've definitely faced a lot of those things already we've we've faced the sorrow, and we remain married because I think we inspire each other in our movement towards eternity, mm-hmm. towards salvation. Mm-hmm. We, we're always gently encouraging each other, maybe calling each other out sometimes, mm-hmm. on ways that we can do it better, ways that we can love better love each other better like i said we fell in love and maybe we thought that that was how love was always going to look but we've learned that love changes that love looks different as we change as our family changes that we have to find these new ways to love and that's very exciting Mm Right, most definitely. And I remember when we were first getting to know each other and we were moving into what we call this committed relationship when we were at Albion College. And you said something, I think it was a quote from a movie. Mm-hmm. That, uh, you said that to me, you said to me, you complete me. Mm-hmm. I feel like you complete me. Mm-hmm. And that it might be cliche mm-hmm. these days or something, but it, it was powerful. Mm-hmm. It's still powerful mm-hmm. to me because... I, as a man, complete you mm-hmm. as a woman. We are meant to go together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our persons, we found, were meant to be together, to mm-hmm. remain together. Mm-hmm. And I asked my grandma, Ellen Wallenfang, before I asked you to marry me, before we were engaged, I asked her, Grandma, how do you know when you found the person you should marry? Mm-hmm. And she looked off in the distance and smiled and looked Mm, back mm -hmm. to me in the eye and said, when you can't imagine living without them. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whoa. And you know that was true because you saw that in her marriage Mm -hmm. to your grandpa Lee. And how long do you think that they were married? Over 50 years. Over 50 years, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you saw the love that evolved and that continued and got through all kinds of difficulties. He was in the war, right? And Mm -hmm. was deployed for a long time. And they were, yeah, all kinds of challenges that they lived through, but always made a way and made each other a priority Mm -hmm. too. I mean, just thinking, you know, practically speaking, I think they, they found ways to enjoy each other's company. Right. That's huge. Mm -hmm. And being able to communicate, Mm -hmm. I think when we think back on our 22 plus years of marriage, one of the greatest memories I have is 
something that happens almost every day mm -hmm. when at the end of the day we recline on the couch the couches in the living room and just talk mm -hmm. just talk mm -hmm. about the day mm -hmm. and nowadays make some tea mm -hmm. and just talk or mm -hmm. maybe record a podcast together mm -hmm. because we love to talk to mm -hmm. each other mm -hmm. and we want to invite other people in mm -hmm. to our conversation and inspire other people married or discerning marriage mm -hmm. how wonderful it is that in this real sense, two are better than one. Mm -hmm. And we carry on this relationship, interpersonal relationship, sacramental relationship, mm -hmm. with a whole lot of word and sacraments, mm -hmm. a whole lot of words in circulation, and hearts in circulation, and gift mm -hmm. in circulation. And I would say one of the deepest meanings of marriage that the Catholic Church teaches is that it's this definitive movement he spoke of a movement that's within marriage a definitive movement of becoming a sincere gift of self mm -hmm. one to the other mm -hmm. to the point of abandonment mm -hmm. without remainder mm -hmm. and all this makes sense with the church's teachings about sexuality mm -hmm. and, and who can be married mm -hmm. and who's not eligible to be married based on the circulation of gift and the sexual complementarity required mm -hmm. for the gift to circulate mm -hmm. and for there to be a genuine unified diversity of mm -hmm. persons, mm -hmm. of beings, of forms of being human, mm -hmm. precisely male and female, becoming one flesh. Mm -hmm. I like what you were saying about being a gift of self, a total gift of self. And this idea, it makes me feel like just not being self-absorbed, being totally emptied. I think you mentioned that already. And the person that we know that was not self-absorbed at all and, and was totally empty was Jesus on his life and on the cross to us. And I think marriage really helps us to understand this love, this unconditional love. And not that we'll ever fully comprehend it, but I think it begins to give us, give us a glimpse of what it means to love unconditionally, to live with this abandonment of love, to begin to understand the Trinity relationship and this love among God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Totally. I really love how you're pointing to unconditional love. And I think a key thing to say in all this from a Catholic perspective too is the only way we can actually love like this is by God's grace. Mm -hmm. Is by God's grace who empowers us to love like this. It's beyond a natural love. Mm -hmm. It's beyond an individualistic, needs-based, self-motivated, self-determining kind of love. Mm -hmm. That's why it's a vocation because it e doesn't even originate with the self. It mm -hmm. originates with God, mm -hmm. from God, mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. Say, yeah, I want you to, God says, I want you to, to be married. Mm -hmm. I want you to, to witness to my love. I want you to, to become mother and father. Mm -hmm. I want you to, to imitate me, imitate my love. And as Pope Benedict says in his first encyclical, God is love. God can command us to love because he first gives us love, mm -hmm. which is himself, mm -hmm. which is especially God, the Holy Spirit, is the love between Father and Son. It is the gift of God. The gift of God is what enables us to love unconditionally, to forgive, to reconcile. Mm -hmm. And that as married people, we have to continually be washed 
mm. in the sacraments. Mm -hmm. In Eucharist and penance, marriage itself is a sacrament. Mm -hmm. There's God's grace flowing in the relationship itself when it's the sacramental bonds mm -hmm. made in his church. Mm -hmm. This is a key point. And as sacrament marriage, there's a sign even pointing away from itself. Mm. That even for us married people, our marriage itself, our domestic church itself, is not the be-all, end-all. As precious as all this is to us, we recognize that this is temporary, though related to eternity. Right. As mm -hmm. Jesus said, in heaven, they're neither married nor given mm -hmm. in marriage. Mm -hmm. And for those of us who love each other in marriage, we understand what he's getting at there, that our marriage on earth is a sacramental sign pointing to the ultimate marriage, which we call the wedding feast of the Lamb mm -hmm. in the life to come, the consummation mm -hmm. of all of this mm -hmm. love, all this movement of love, the circulation of gift that finds its origin and destiny, as you mentioned, in the Most Holy Trinity, mm -hmm. this communion of angels and saints. Mm -hmm. That's what's so exciting. It's a great drama. Mm. It's a great mm -hmm. adventure. Mm -hmm. And we would call it, uh, with the theologian Hans Urs von Balthasar, a theodrama, mm -hmm. a theodramatics. Mm -hmm. And we know that very well as a married couple and as parents. Every day is filled with plenty of interesting drama. Some a lot more than others. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh -huh. we can laugh mm -hmm. because God's grace has carried us through days and nights of suffering, of suspense, of all kinds of emotions. Mm -hmm. And we always got to remember when it comes to emotion, we call them emotions because they're in motion. They come and go. Mm -hmm. And they're not something as permanent as oath, as unconditional love, mm -hmm. as responsibility for the other. Right. And as, as the sacrament that we've entered into, which is permanent. And that's where its power comes from. Mm -hmm. It's not optional. It's not in itself able to be dissolved by either party that enters into it. We call it, there's something indissoluble mm -hmm. about the sacramental bond, mm -hmm. which is what every sacrament entails. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been a really fun conversation, intense conversation, so much more to ponder with it. But uh, maybe we will close now with prayer and Pray for all marriages and all people discerning marriage. Take a very beautiful prayer from the book of Tobit in scripture, the prayer of Tobias on his wedding night with Sarah and the prayer that Tobias prays on him and Sarah's behalf. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed are you, O God of our ancestors. Blessed be your name forever and ever. Let the heavens and all your creation bless you forever. You made Adam, and you made his wife Eve to be his helper and support. And from these two the human race has come. You said it is not good for the man to be alone. Let us make him a helper like himself. Now, not with lust, but with fidelity, I take this kinswoman as my wife. Send down your mercy on me and on her, and grant that we may grow old together. Bless us with children. They said together, Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for joining us on the Shoeless Podcast. We hope you continue the conversation in your own home and with the people you love. We hope it challenges and inspires you to walk shoeless in the world and to live Catholic with abandon.